Contrast uncut, yeah you know that's us Where we only speak the real and the real rock with us Where we motivate the people and politic on success Oh no we ain't DJ Kelly, but they swear we the best Contrast uncut, contrast What's happening? It's Contrast Uncut. It's season four. This is my spotlight episode PR edition. I want to give a big shout out to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. It's your host, Zylo, aka DJ Juan Dollars, like I won some money. Today, we have a really incredibly dope special guest. She's from the city of angels, the land of the dream and the air of opportunity. You know, L.A., Los Angeles, California. She, like she said, West Side till she died. She is a world-renowned public relations strategist, entrepreneur, marketing guru, and a dedicated mother. She is the queen of public relations with an approach for the attention to detail and developing genuine relationships with her clients that elevates and propels their careers. She has represented some of the biggest clients in the game, past and present. You know, the likes of Rest in Peace Prince, Gary V, Kevin Hart, Jamie Foxx, Major League Baseball legend Dave Stewart, Los Angeles Charger wide receiver Keenan Allen, the TikTok Rangers, and a long, long list of new music artists that I probably may need another intro to name every client she represents. And if you don't know who I got on the show by now, it's all good. We got all episode to chop it up with the brilliant mind behind E Hill Entertainment. Erica Hill, everybody. How you doing? Hey, thank you for that intro. That was absolutely amazing. Thank you. You know, I got to let you know from the beginning, time's the most finite thing we have on this earth. I appreciate you for rocking with me, rocking with the viewers and the listeners. And thank you just for being transparent and coming on here. No, my pleasure. Actually, I've been kind of um we've had a pretty good professional relationship for a while now so i was actually honored that you asked me to be a guest on the show as opposed to my clients so thank oh, you. the queen of pr are you kidding me that is <laughs> the abundance of success you know a lot of people don't know it takes a team to to make something look as great as it does when you see it it's not mm -hmm. just it comes up out of nowhere no, there's a whole bunch of work. Sometimes it's as powerful as this young lady to, to the interview, and she has all her, her motors going with all her different vehicles moving towards the same goal of, you know, reaching what they want to reach for their clients. And that is, you know, why I was like, I have to, I have to, I have to. And I'm grateful for you to be on here. Thank you. Erica, what's the normal 24 hours for you? Ooh. Uh, typically, I would say I would get up, um, I try and wake up between 6 and 6.30-ish. Uh, I re if Sometimes that doesn't always happen. Um, I may wake up at like 5, but I really do appreciate my morning time when it's just still and calm and nothing's going on and I, it's just complete silence. I absolutely value that time. It sets my day, my tone, my energy. Um, and so 
that's a, a given. And then after that, I typically get up, I get some coffee. I love my coffee. Like it's, I mean, I need, I do feel like I need it, but I also enjoy the experience of going to make it. And I kind of get into that, like, you know, and honestly, most of the time I dive into work. Like after I do that, um, just, you know, with COVID, I'm talking about, you know, COVID times and working from home most of the time and not doing so much moving around. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that PR is like 90% like on the computer working, emailing, strategizing, coming up with stuff, you know, research, um, outreach. It's just a lot of that sort of extreme detail work. If you're good, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're into it like that. Um, so there's always a lot of moving pieces. And so I traditionally have like a board of like all my clients and everything that needs to be done and timelines and the little details. And I just kind of, um, I live by a checklist of items. Um, and then if, if all goes well, I will try and get in a workout with, um, I love Orange Theory Fitness. And there's one like a two minute walk from my house. So that's kind of amazing. Um, so I definitely try and get an Orange Theory. But with COVID, again, it's really it's booked a lot. So if I'm waitlisted, but anyway, at some point, I do try and get in my Orange Theory my workout. And um, that's been pretty much it. I haven't done a lot of getting out during COVID. Um, I've actually enjoyed that aspect of forced to kind of be at home because I've been able to get a lot done without the distraction of like traffic and moving around and, you know, things in LA especially can get kind of crazy because LA moves like it's, it goes off all the time. So mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's that's my typical twenty four hours. Um, I'm usually in bed if if I can be by like eleven. I'm kind of a I'm definitely a morning person, not a night person. Gotcha. You know, anything after seven is like blurry. You know, but I was, I can still get it done. But in the morning, I'm very fresh and vibrant and like clear and focused and that's where I get, you know, the most of my, I try to get the most of my work done during those times when I have a fresh head, a fresh mind. The concise effectiveness of being in the morning and clear, that's important. Yes. You know, I think a lot of with COVID versus pre-COVID, you would probably spend four hours driving a day and, you know, to events. And then you'd be at events all the time because that's another part of your job that you're not saying is that because it's been taken away for a year now is that yes. you have to spend a lot of time at events. And then that's that 11 p.m. is now, oh, I'm a night owl and I'm a morning person. And then the bags under our eyes go from here to here. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Still moving, yeah. running. Still moving. Running. Still moving, managing. You know, I manage a lot of like talent guest lists. You got to go, you got to be at walkthroughs. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, but I do love it. And that's how I knew, like, okay, I could do this. <laughs> it's crazy when the things that are hard for everybody else and it slows down, and it's easy for you. It's like, oh, the light went off. That's a gift. Yes. And I'm pretty sure there's, there's a whole bunch of lights that went off during your career. Okay. I have 
a quote. Let me know how this quote relates to you. I feel like we just went into it without even going into it, but I'm going to hit you with it. Here we go. Skills are cheap. Passion is priceless. Gary V. Uh, yeah. I believe um, that quote for me, it's it speaks to, well, I'll personalize it. I'm a 50-50, you know, I am 50% entrepreneur, 50% creative. Some people can't seem to, like the entrepreneur sometimes can't figure out the creative and they're just all super, you know, savvy with the logistics, but there's no oomph to it, no, you know, mm. flavor, you know. And then the creative sometimes doesn't know how to monetize, right? They're just like, I'm a creative. And their business is not in order. They have no way how to make money, how to put deals together, how to make sure that, you know, things are turning from ideas into concrete business situations. And it is a gift because I am blessed with both. So I believe I have skills. I take the things I'm super passionate about and I become an expert. So that's where both fall into line. You know, I'm a firm believer that passion leads to purpose and purpose is supposed to lead to the bag, whether you're wise enough to know you need help or you get the bag on your own. But yes, however it goes, you just need to embrace those gifts that are inside of you. Absolutely. It, I, like when I was a kid, it was an NFL player. I don't remember his name. I'm sorry. Shout you out. But he was, <laughs> like, he was like, you know, something about what life is, is that when I play football, it's slowed down. And I was like, slowed down. Guys around like four, four, forties. They're moving at the fastest rate. But he said when in football, when it slowed down, he knew that's when I was going to be great. And because everybody else couldn't stop and, and figure out how to maneuver, how to see things three, four steps ahead, like in chess. And that is where people start to really make leaps and, and binds on what they thought they were going to do and what they're doing. And a lot of people like to say, I'm trying, I'm trying. You got to realize if you're doing it, you're doing it. It's not trying. True. Facts. Erica, talking about the entertainment industry, did the game choose you or did you choose the game? The game 100% chose me, mm. 100%, because I, you know, prior to actually getting into PR, I had no clue what it even was. I was like, okay, I, I, well, I went from being a stay-at-home mom for eight years. I was the brownie troop leader, the room mom, the silent auction mom, the mom that was picking up the kids that didn't have a, I mean, that was my life. I would drop my kids off at school probably be back at lunch hey you guys need um somebody to help serve the lunch <laughs> like I was that mom and I would like go hiking and you know I just during those important years for me I wanted to my children to have my undivided attention and, and my ex-husband and so then I was like okay I got over this phase and I was ready to dive in and I went into real estate so I can control my own income and time so I could still not be completely unavailable because I don't want to do that to the household like can ease into something I can set up shop in my office show up to you know the brick and mortar but still balance everything and so and then from there that's a whole nother issue we'll get into but I got into the race car business and we hired um a PR company 
And they were old friends of mine, like childhood friends of mine. And they were great. They're still in business, love them to pieces. They do great work. And that's when I realized, I was like, wait a second, you know, I could do this or, wow, I could have did this a little bit different and did this, da, 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 da. And I just, my brain just started going, but I didn't know that that was even a way. And then when I kind of stuck my little toe in there and I was like, hold on, people. And then I saw so many raggedy experiences and I was like, somebody actually paid them to do that? Hmm. Mm. I was like, thinking cap. I was like, I can kill this and give them way much, you know, a much better product. And, um, and so I just started to kind of build from there, but the industry never interests me whatsoever, not even a teensy tiny bit. If, you know, in a perfect world for me, I was like, I'm going to travel and like go on wild safaris and travel and uh-oh, sorry, I got a call. Travel and scuba dive and like throw swanky dinner parties. Mm. That was kind of my thing. And so um, I never looked at the entertainment industry like and thought it was like a place I wanted to be in. Wow. And, you know, as we talked about it earlier, 50% entrepreneur, 50% creativity. When did it kick off in your mind that, hey, I can really get the bag from this industry? from the void that you're feeling? Immediately, because me and my former business partner, we would do like three free events and we'd get like seven paid events, you know, from that. And so we never had to like have investors and things because we would just kind of take the money and build and be like, oh, we'll take this and get our software. We'll take this and, you know, kick off our uh, website and things like that. So people... You know, we came into the industry where people really wanted the top corporate PR firms, but the hands-on attention that we gave them. And we were able to deliver both. And so we kind of came in and it was like, we just navigated, yeah, straight to the top. You navigated all the way to, to where you need to be. And, you know, that's a lot of what people have to understand is that if you recognize something's wrong and no one else is seeing that it's wrong, that's that another light that goes off that say, hey, you're the problem solver. It's yes. either you're going to be a part of the solution or you're going to be a part of the problem and keep it going. And yes. that that is a true, true testament to understanding what's easy for you and what's slowed down. I just want to know, how did you get to understand how much money was into the industry? Because they, if, if you're going from outside in, not understanding you're already doing the job, when did, right. the, like, when did it go like, oh, this is how much they make for doing this? Well, um, I started doing research um, as well. But what I also learned is that I learned the true meaning, meaning of your network is your net worth. Because by the grace of God, my network were these amazing people that I met completely unrelated to business. I just like either our kids went to school together or they we played our kids played soccer together. And I was always around this just amazing, um, high net worth, you know, group of people that loved me for me. I never wanted anything from them. It was just like, hey, play dates or whatever the case may be. 
So um, I was able to tap in immediately to that network because I was a, already a trusted figure for them. And it was like, oh, and you're doing this, you know, oh, that's awesome. And, you know, then you start building your track record and your rapport. And then I noticed very quickly that the clients that would pay you $15,000 a month, never, no complaints. You send them your, in, you know, hey, this is what we did. This is, you know, your end of the month report. And then you got the $500 client that's like, I don't understand what you're doing. What's going on here? And they're needy and they're calling you all hours of the day. So I just quickly, I have compassion though for people that don't have budgets because I understand that that there's a need, but I decided to separate my business. I was like, look, I'm gonna do some favors over here, but I'm gonna keep them in perspective. But I also know that there's a level of business that, you know, it could be seven figures over here and I'm gonna treat them accordingly over here, but I'm gonna separate them. Because I have passion for it all, but I also know that I have to monetize and I have to build and create, you know what I mean? So I would be like, I'd rather do a favor over here than you be trying to pay me some money and I got to hear all that stuff (laughs) from like negative. But, you know, so I just kind of had to balance it. Like, you know, you really compartmentalize the the necessary things you want to put your attention to. You know, you prioritize what what can provide for your family because you are a dedicated mother. You did put in all the passion and work into your craft, but you also made sure to make sure the household was taken care of. And that is the true testimony of of your gifts and talents. If anyone can understand what it takes to be a parent and still divulge 12, 16 hours into what you do daily, they need to all take their hats off. And, And I wish I had my hat on to take it off to tell you, you know, your courageous is, is definitely needed and it's inspiring. Thank you. I appreciate that. All love. And then, you know, the detailedness, that's something I feel like is something that really separates you from everybody else because, because your attention to detail really recognize the genuineness of your relationship. Because if someone that does not care about their client, does not care about that person, fuck about a client, just genuine relationships like, hey, you know, you got something on your face like you know that is me on the red carpet i'm fixing hair and bangs i'm like no don't put your purse big yeah i'm like that's just my organic thing to do you know but see that's genuine you're not and it's not that hey that yes they're representing you but at the end of the day it's hey this person's representing themselves and they don't have eyes on on the bottom of their chin and the back of their head so how are they supposed to recognize stuff that they can't see so you know it takes someone to say hey let me slow down and let them know let's fix this or hey this is going on let me communicate hey if you do this a little bit differently if you don't say that you'll go way further in the discussion where you want to go and those key points is, is beyond necessary because we yes. don't have it all. If you don't got all the ingredients to your, to your meal, to your gumbo pot, you better make some phone calls and, and have someone turn the water on for you. And that's the importance of a relationship. And you've been able to really put the importance into it. And, you know, you can testi- testify to relationships will get you places money cannot. That is 100% the truth. And so that's why you don't, you know, burn bridges and you have to do right by people. 
um, as well, because those are also the factors that are going to separate you, you know, along the way in your journey. So I always say if people focus on their inside and and becoming, you know, the best version of themselves as much as they do with having their haircuts and their outfits together and their Birkin bag, it's got to balance out. You know, you have to be as thorough on the outside and the inside. They, it has to all, you know, come together, equal out. Yes. You know, I definitely want to talk about your earlier days before you dug into being a PR. I want to talk about when you got into NASCAR and, you know, what your role was and how did you embrace the opportunity? Oh, my God. That was such, I am, uh, I'm a fire sign. So, and I'm a risk taker. So not like, I'm not going to like crazy, like jump off a building, but I am, if I see an opportunity, I'm like, oh, this looks exciting. I'm going to dive in. So because I went from real estate, I had a client that had a development um, project that we were working on and he kept mumbling. He was a former NBA player. And he just would mumble. I'd hear him talking and I would hear certain things about race car stuff. And I would be like, what are you talking about with this like race car stuff? He was like, well, I've been trying to get this race car business um, team off the ground. And, you know, I grew up actually wanting to be a race car driver, not a NBA player. He's 6'8", had a super successful career. He retired healthy. And this dude wanted, he grew up wanting to, a black man wanting to be a race car driver so I was like you know that sounds interesting let me let's put something together I didn't know shit about the racing industry but I dove in and we became owners of the team and um it was so much fun and I really got like I tapped all the way into that world nobody even understood what I was doing my friends would be like so wait Cause I'd call them, you know, they call me and they couldn't hear me. I'm like, I'm on the track. I'm on the, I'm on top of the holler. I'm gonna call you when (laughs) my client needs to, my driver needs to qualify. And I'm, it's just, it was just crazy. I just dove in and I actually became the California Motorsports Institute program director where I would go into the community and launch these like read to, um, read to race programs, math and motion, the science of speed, um, I partnered with the race track and I would bring um, basically so if we went to a school, and we launched a program and whatever classroom read the most books, then they would get a direct racing experience. So they would either be able to go to the to the to the um, the uh, a race or they could sit in the announcer's booth at the race. They could drive in the pit car when, you know, there was an accident, they'd be able to get in the pit car. So it was crazy. And I absolutely loved doing that work. I loved it. But I don't know. It was wild. It just came up for me. I I promise you, I didn't have a guide there. I was just doing what came up. Wow. Directed by the spirit. And look how far it went. Yeah. That's phenomenal. And especially in a a culture and sport where it's not too much color in there oh they were looking at me like who's the black girl giving all these damn orders but I was I had no it was tunnel vision so I didn't even even really look at that you know what I mean I just went in there and was getting done what I needed to get done 
And so it was, it was interesting, but I loved it. That is so powerful of a statement. When you have tunnel vision to what needs to be done, you can't allow the small bullshit, the little rocks being thrown at you to bother you. You just got to keep on. I didn't even know they were being thrown. See? That's how unbothered I was. I was like, oh, baby. Oh. Well, it was really interesting to see my father. He used to race cars and he was like a hot rod racer. He used to build the engines and recreated Corvettes and made the car fly up. They used to call him Tiger Tom because his name was Tom and Tiger Tom because as soon as he raced off, he went for the whole quarter mile. He would do the drag race or the um, drag racing. Yeah, the drag racing. Wow. That always looks so interesting. I never really got outside a stock car, but um the our the guy that was our crew chief actually owned a driver development program so what we could offer our sponsors too was like because he owned the track and the program so we would be able to put stuff together where they could come and have these like uh different racing experiences on the track and he had a ton of cars and he did he had a drag car as well you know, it's so amazing how it, there's literally nothing you can't put your mind on and create and do. As long as you understand the tools, you're going to build. And yep. you've been able to continue to do that. Is that manifest manifestation and prayer, you know, with the hard work? Or is that just, just you know, you speaking onto something into existence and, and you doing all the work into it? You know, what 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 is the underlining vision that gets you to your tunnel vision that you have to success Ooh, good question there um i am a hundred percent into manifestation to energy i have vision boards you know i wake up in the morning listening to like oprah speak michelle obama then I may hit some Eckhart Tolle. I may do some Steve Harvey motivational things. I may look at, I may be listening to Kobe Bryant interviews while I'm in the shower. So I pull from a lot of different things. And then my mother, may she rest in peace. She was also extremely like supportive and she would get so excited about everything that I could do. And she'd be like, girl, you know, you got this and da, 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 da. So she was extremely supportive as well. And so she always made me feel like there was a, she not, like I could tell her like, oh, mom, I'm about to, can you watch the kids? I'm about to go to Africa really quick because the king is going to, and she'd be like, I oh, know that's right, girl. Absol-. Like she never made anything seem like I would, you know, like it was crazy, you know, and I stopped sharing those moments with people that are limited thinkers because you can be affected by that and not even realize. So I stopped talking about it to my friends. I don't, couldn't understand that. So my mother was always like, girl, go on, bye, da, 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 da. But I may tell another person, which I stopped very early on, and they may be like, girl, that's crazy. I was like, ooh, okay, I had to, not that I can't be around those people, but I definitely don't share my stuff with them because I don't want those types of blocks and limits. Limited thinkers are like, You know, that that is so true because people indirectly hate on the dream and they don't understand that it takes this stuff to go along. And I'm so grateful for your mother to normalize the the sleepless dream you're living. Yeah. Because a lot of the time people put an approach onto something and put a box into it. And it's like, hey, I knocked down all the walls to the box. 
You know, that's not my fault that you're not seeing that these box walls are down. And, you know, they don't even exist. You create them. They don't. They're not there. Seriously, I feel like I can. By the grace of God, I can walk into so many rooms and have a very comfortable seat at the table. Like, okay, so what are we doing? Because I don't have these like, you know, things and corks and. You know, we were on uh, recently there was like a conversation on Clubhouse about um, dark skinned women feeling inferior to light skinned women. And I was like, wow, that's really a thing. As brown as I am, I never walk into a room and feel like a light skinned woman is going to shine over me. I'm like, that's wild that people think that. Honestly, I don't have any of those limits or like things it's like if I'm equipped and I know what I'm talking about it's just me and the source you know the importance of what you're talking about is that I spent a lot a large portion of my life where I was God was blessing me putting me in places that only he could put his hands on me to put me there right I would go back and tell my friends I tell everybody what's going on they would never believe me and it'd be like I don't I don't take pictures. They wouldn't believe you. I swear, bro. Like, wow. my stepdad worked for this electric lighting company. And so he would take me to movie premieres and, and like concerts and because he would set up the stages. Oh. And so, you know, as you could like, Will Smith just bought me dinner. And they'd be like, dude, shut up. Oh, no, I ain't got no stories like that. But oh. I, just, I, just, I, I wish I had a Will Smith story. Oh, my Lord right. Jesus. Shit. My son would be in this movie playing him as a kid. But that's here nor there. Right. <laughs> But I would, have, I would have crazy stories where I'm talking to B.B. King and don't know who B.B. King is. And we're at the house oh. of my stepdad is breaking down the stage and he's just chopping. Right. I was just a little kid that was curious and knew how to. I was talking since I was 10 months old. So saying sentences. Wow. So like my brain is just always going, going. And I would ask questions. And that kid right there is something else. And right. you know, I met Steven Spielberg. I met uh, Tom Hanks. I was at the Academy Awards, not really processing wow. where I was at and just always that same approach. And I go back and tell them, they'd be like, no, no, no. And then eventually I had a friend that was around for a little bit. His godfather was LL Cool J and no one believed him until <laughs> him and I went to the damn FUBU warehouse and got a whole wow. bunch of clothes. And you know, to this day, people won't believe that story. And I wish I could fit those clothes. So I could be like, yep. <laughs> That is hilarious, but I believe it. And I believe it. But what that did was it created a whole false tense of reality because people are are putting that pressure on, hey, I don't believe it's real and I don't have nothing to show you. And then now right. they want to chatter about it and negativity. And it's like, man, well, do I not go out and do what I want to do or do I not go? Do no, you do it. You just keep it to yourself. See, yes. And, you know, I could keep on going about myself. I had a moment where this whole show became about and I was going to I did music since 2006. I was managing groups and I even managed Stevie J's son. I had a nice, like working long relationship going. And, you know, I went into managing a restaurant and I got comfortable with the restaurant, wasn't getting paid well, but I was doing so much for the community that it was comfortable. And that's not my life. And, you know, I got so uncomfortable at that job where it got crazy. I was bringing a gun to work, making sure like I got Ooh. into some people out of the job. They were, you know, gangbangers wow. and they got drunk and popped it off. And I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm not with that nonsense. So you're going to get up out of here. And 
that created a whole problem at the job. And so I'm going to work every day with a gun. So I, you know, ain't nothing happened to me. I'm getting home to my kids and, and my wife. And so that, that had that presence on me. And so I eventually quit that job and I was, I was going to do real estate. And then I met with a guy that said, Hey, don't, don't, you got to get out of music. You cannot do real estate and do music at the same time. And he told me that. I hate when people say stuff. It's like, no, you can't do (laughs) speak for yourself. As I'm literally like telling my brother, telling some of my mentors, like, Hey, I'm gonna step away from this. And God said, Hey, what are you thinking? He sent me to the BT Awards. I kid you not. I was a seat filler. I saw my friend. The next thing I know, I'm on the sixth row in front of the stage. And his friends were performing on stage. Now I'm at the after party. And then I get invited to another awards show, which was the, uh, the Trumpet Awards. And I get, I, God had me at another after party. And like, I'm literally getting drunk and eating and partying with everyone I would dream of. And I go to another award show NAACP awards and the same thing happened to me got at his hand on me and I was like dang I don't think I'm supposed to do real estate and then this show came about and you know I got signed to Uncle Snoop's army because of Bobby D and you know it was actually that same day I met you for Slim 400 I wow. ended Bobby D that day and yeah. he signed me that night and he sent me to go do media on Valentine's Day Two days later, <laughs> wow! And I got to interview one twelve, Keith Sweat, and Next. And oh wow, yeah. my boy manages uh Next. No. Wow, that's so, awesome. It's crazy how you know how one, and then I had to re- rearrange all my friends and family. Like, hey, if you're not a part of this success and me trying to move forward. I love you. I will help you along my career, but I got to help myself before I help someone else because I have to take care of my family. Yep. Absolutely. And as I just divulge my, like a, maybe a 5% of a lifetime, (laughs) I feel, you know, it's always somebody that invests into or puts an idea or puts someone in a position to reach their dreams. Who do we owe to thank you for investing into your dreams? Um, I would say, uh, my mom for sure. I would say, yeah, she was definitely, I mean, there was people along the way. Like I really had some amazing business mentors. I had people that, um, were able to like coach me and share, you know, amazing keys and jewels along the way but I also sought that you know some people aren't open to that they're very much so like would rather just bump their head and do this and that and I'm just I'm not trying to do any of that I mean I get that that some of that is a part of life but I was blessed enough to have some amazing business mentors that just and I soaked in so much information you know from them and they would say hey you know from showing up and doing and wearing this and when you're speaking to that i mean you know just a bunch of stuff so yeah i've had details so you got to hear about details from the beginning the psychology of things well you know when you walk in and you're doing this people automatically like those types of understandings 
See, my older brother sent me this video. It's a million dollars worth of game. I don't know if you've seen the podcast. Shout out uh, uh, well, I'm Gilly the King. And no, I haven't seen it. Wallow. They got an amazing show. And on their first episode, they had charted, you know, top 10. And from that episode, they had filmed this video. He, he was like, man, I hit up uh, Gilly. I was like, put on all your gold jewelry. We about to go get this bag and go get some sponsorships. And he was like, put on all my jewelry. Yeah, bro, you got to look like money. And so that we get the money. And when he said that, like my brother sent me the video, I was like, oh, yeah. When it comes to opportunities, I need to make sure I wear all my jewelry. <laughs> Psychological. you got to know how to show up in your space that you know it represents it makes everything yeah. make sense exactly because the moment you don't make sense is the moment that them sense is pulled from what you're trying to do 100 percent. what has been your some of your most rewarding moments in the game so far um i would say the like a standout moment for me would be when i was asked to do um the second time i was asked to do PR for Prince and I didn't realize that he was on the email chain that was going on where all your just you're exposed basically like all you know just your chatter you know like you go back and forth and you sending stuff over and you could be like well let's retract blah 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 bottom line is um we were tasked me and my former business partner were tasked with uh bringing out like celebrities and press to it was actually his last pop-up concert he did in LA at the Hollywood Palladium and at that time my business partner was very pregnant she wasn't present and but she used to write all of our stuff like she was a writer and he did I mean it was a bucket list show it was insane he did like five encores um he brought out Third Eye Girl and his um his Trump um I forget what they're called. My boy runs it. The whole, the horns, all the horns and stuff. He usually does one or the other. They were both present. He, Marsha, Dougie Fresh hosted. He brought out Marsha Ambrosia. He brought out Janelle Monet. It was crazy, right? So I'm used to, you know, PR is just like, it's crazy like rush 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 do that da, 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 da. you deal with the the media and they want this and they want that and they we, we need the approved images now because this needs to go a lot like there's so many little things that go on so i remember that he didn't allow press in well he allowed select press in but they couldn't have their cameras out or do anything so the post recap story my former partner wrote wasn't there though but I had given her the whole rundown. And then the press was pressing us for an image. And basically, you know, he was appalled that uh, I didn't write it because I was there. And he was like, I'll release that photo when I get goddamn ready to. They can't press me for shit. You know what I mean? And I was like, those lessons were just super they were invaluable or valuable I don't know the word but they were I mean they it changed how I looked at a lot of things and then it helped me to be even more authentic and you know with most of my clients I write everything and I set the tone for it 
I have to meet them. I have to get certain information. Like I am so into like making sure that, you know, the facts are in place, but also that the brand is being presented a certain way. And um, yeah, that was like a hundred percent standout moment. Whew. I can just imagine the feeling and the emotion of just going through the day when the day was finally over at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that part. You were just like, yes. Now I want to throw this since we went rewarding. What's something people got fucked up about the PR business? Ooh, so many things. People will, you know, they don't under they don't understand the process. So they think that two things. If you live in LA and you think that because you got your clients on on some okay to whack red carpets that you're a publicist negative that's not true and then people think that shit is just supposed to like they could throw something at you and you can just make that happen on the spot the crazy thing is eight times out of ten i can but that's not how it works it's because of my relationships but imagine you want your video your music video premiered at with complex and you send me everything three days before it drops. Excuse me, you think Complex was sitting around waiting for my email to upload your shit? Like, come on, like they don't understand the processes. Like, do you know how many people are going for that spot? And you're not gonna get it. I mean, you may based on my relationship, but I'm not going to press my relationships every time because your shit wasn't organized and you didn't have everything. So people have it so fucked up that they can just take this stuff and throw it at you. And you're supposed to just make magic. It's like, no, it is such a process. And you want to make sure that all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. You know, all your links are working properly. Your images all make sense. You know, you're what's your story you know is do you have a campaign like maybe we should time this like the the politics are going strong so as this hits the wire it's going to get buried you know so should we do it at this time like there's so many things you got to weigh out um to have a successful pr experience now as we just went into rewarding to most fucked up to why do you choose to do the job you do? I love it. I just love it. Like I wake up like excited. I, I get nervous when I get something big because I'm like, oh my God, I hope I can pull this off. But with that same nervousness, I'm like, I'm hell bent. I'm driven. I'm like, I'm going to make this happen. But you know what? That nervousness lights off a bomb inside or a ticking time bomb that goes, hey, there's creativeness that makes me nervous. And that right there is the whole nucleus that we need to keep it going. Because exactly. if you're just always running confident and comfortable, everything's so simple, you're going to keep on putting it's, out the same thing. And it's boring after a while. You're just like, okay, been there, done that. How many times? Some people like that. I definitely like. That's why I have athlete clients brands music event like because i like to be challenged in so many different areas i like to switch it up and see like 
let me just see if I can get my client on the cover of GQ Sports. Like, that becomes a goal for me. And that's made me, you know, establish a certain amount of um, rapport and success in so many different areas because I set my own goal in addition to the client. I know I call you the queen of PR, but you really the plug. I'm talking about <laughs> the plug. Man, I'm, I ain't talking Peruvian plug, but I'm talking about the plug plug that weighs more than the Peruvian plug. You understand me? Absolutely. Yes. I would All the events that you have done, I know you said that the Prince event was a real rewarding moment. What has been your favorite uh, events have done that was fun for you and that mm-hmm. you didn't feel like you were stressed? It was just something that was, whoo, let's go. I want another one. Mm. I will say um, a few a few Super Bowls ago, um, we partnered with the Hwood Group. Are you familiar with the Hwood Group? They own like Poppy and Delilah and nice guy and all those places peppermint club and we did um a pop-up event in in minnesota so we had to like create it from scratch like find the venue build it out or whatever and um we had an amazing like daytime event where we partnered with mcdonald's and we had like a roundtable discussion with like jerome bettis and like espn commentators and everything and that went well then that evening um Jamie Foxx hosted our private dinner. And then we, and Shaq DJed, Shaq Diesel. Mm -hmm. And then um, we had an after party where 21 Savage performed. And Good Morning America, my, that event was the only event that Good Morning America covered. And when they showed up, initially Fox was running a little bit behind and then his he wasn't with his manager I'd normally deal with he was with more of his film kind of side which I don't deal with that at all I'm just like events and personal stuff and um he was like well you know Fox isn't interviewing and I had been holding the 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 media and I was like shit yes he is (laughs) so I was trying to figure it out so crazy thing is I had to like figure it out like the event was amazing like the the, our sponsors were great we had amazing food and everything so I was like hey you know talking to the press made them feel at home I made sure that they got amazing gift bags I was like hey as a matter of fact you guys have been standing here equipment I was like everybody just take a quick break Fox is on the way I was like go upstairs grab a cocktail and they were like really I was like yes so did all that made them feel comfortable, came back down. They saw that Fox came in and I, I'll never forget. I think uh, the host was Tyler, um, the black guy. I think that was the name, Tyler. And he was like, you know, I had to kind of tell them the situation. So he was like, you know what? If Fox sees me, he's going to talk to me. And And sure enough, like we were doing photos and he just kind of, slid out the host and he just kind of guy so he got the whole interview and they were just so happy and so pleased with how everything went because it wasn't like chaotic it was like they had a good time you know and um at that time like gary v wasn't really doing like mainstream press and so i kind of put gary with fox's team and i had another guy in town and i made and so they made great connections and um it was amazing but it could have been because there were so many 
people involved too and moving pieces from the production side and the sponsors and the activation and the it was a lot but I absolutely loved it I loved every minute of it it was so much fun and then the Good Morning America piece was funny because I didn't realize that I was actually in the scene and people were calling me like I saw you on Good Morning America and I was like you did but I was on the red carpet trying to like you know coordinate things and they caught that so I would say that that event was super fun we had so much fun after the fact you know when everything was done and Fox was literally like giving the um, tequila shots to people in the crowd and throwing Big Macs in the crowd. Like he was, he's so amazing to work with from a brand perspective and a host. He is a dream. He's just so, um, he really understands. Like he gets into it. And I think he enjoys it. You know, it seems like he does. Oh yeah, no, nah, he's yeah. real and down to earth. And when oh you my God. Those, as they come, <laughs> I mean, when you have those elements, and then the person that's you know re- interviewing and receiving that, it, it, you know, it can go really up. And it's that right there is something that, from my end, we all appreciate. Absolutely. You know, uh, you have survived my show. The floor is yours. You could promote, run up, whatever you want to run up. Let them know where they can find you. You know, uh, basically the floor is yours. Wow. So interesting because I really don't do interviews or podcasts or anything like that. I ironically do not promote myself on social media. My social media sucks. It sucks. It would never represent an ounce of anything that I do. Um, so I would say if you want to get a hold of me, know somebody that knows me because that's how everybody else does it. You know, it's like when you know, you know, I don't, you know, people are like, where's your website? I don't have one. I don't need, you know, I'm not interested in having one. So sorry, that was, I got a call. And so that's it. I don't really have much to promote, but I am excited that I do have, um, some amazing up and coming talent. So uh, one of my gems that I'm just ecstatic about, her name is Mariana Valetto, two L's, two T's. So go check her out on Instagram. She just dropped a new single, um, a new video actually today called Hold Him Down, which is super dope. And then she's dropping another single um, early next month um, that Jazzy Faye produced uh, called For Me. You know, the whole, everybody's like, it's the... It's the beard for me. So uh, she's dropping that. And then she's working on an amazing project with 1500 or nothing. So she is definitely, I mean, I'm just, you know, I work with a lot of new artists, but I would definitely say she's like at the top of my list in terms of ones that's going to go. So Rihanna, watch out. Uh, uh, You hear me? You hear her? You know, it, you are absolutely right. When it comes to this game, especially the entertainment world, it's, it's either you know or you don't know. If you don't know, you'll be walking right next to the biggest thing in the world and it'll pass you. And, and that's on you. <laughs> and I don't it don't always have to come in flashing lights and uh, I don't do any of that. So a lot of times people see me in the room with the exception of my height because I'm 5'10". But, you know, it's you just right when you know you know those that know be like and those that don't know maybe like can you give me a drink over there it's like mm. yeah 
Mm, so disrespectful. She is not a runner, damn it. Uh, <laughs> the crazy thing is, I would. I would be like, if I'm going to the bar, that's the thing. I'm so chill. I might, like, that doesn't bother me to go do stuff like that. Like, oh, you need a drink? Okay, cool. Let's go. Let's go. You know, it doesn't matter. Mm, the humbleness is so real. You know, Eric, if you notice my show, it's different. It's unique. They said that you got to do things this way. I'm like, all right, I'll listen, but I'm not going to do nothing like you guys. And I'm like, how do I keep that same energy and close out? The viewers knows it's coming. I'm going to hit you with it. You got any questions for me? Um, Not, not online. I have a couple <laughs> questions. I, I'll text you. But no, I think this is amazing. Um, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think that you, when I first met you, I was like, I like that guy. And, you know, it was crazy to get a hold of me and to kind of figure things out. But the fact that how we even met and you were like, Slim was supposed to do something. I was like, let me make it happen. I didn't even know, but I was like, I committed to that, you know? So, um, yeah. nope. so yeah. I appreciate you and I wish you nothing but success. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, I think as long as you don't stop, then it's going to happen. How, like, you're going to hit your peak, you know? Oh, yeah. No, that's so real. That's something I, we all learn from Nipsey is that you can have every emotion, every you can go through every emotion. But the quality you don't want to have is to quit. And consistency with persistence will change your life and it'll get yes. you further than where you were yesterday. That's why Nipsey always said, too, is not a sprint. It's a marathon. You hear me? Let the marathon continue. That's just that West Side talk. They don't they don't understand. It's okay. They can look it up. They already know. It's an including <laughs> show. I mean, uh, my outro is done by my guy Mars and Mike and Keys. Like, you know, the the wow. intro is done by JP Bangs. That's Mozzie producer. He's a big West Coast producer. Oh and my he has sequence on the intro. Sequence is a phenomenal singer. A lot of people don't know wow. he stuff for everybody back in the day. But, you know, until now where everyone owns their masters and gets their name on stuff, back in the day, you got paid and you were okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. On that note, it's Contrast of Cut. It's season four. This is my spotlight episode, my PR edition with the queen of PR. I'm talking about the plug, Erica Hill, E. Hill Entertainment. Thank you so much for rocking with us, for dropping them gems. I know you don't have the flashy lights when you're walking around, but when you let them words come out, them is shiny diamonds. They like 100 carats, you understand me? Keep on letting them fly when you feel like it, because, you know, sometimes it, it pays to play. And, and sometimes if you want to get in the game, you got to know who to ask and, and where to pay. Exactly. Absolutely. Period. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Erica Hill. You're tuned in to Contrast Uncut. Shout out to Big Snoop Dogg and Bobby D. You hear me? Yeah. This really remind me of some, hey. This really reminds me of some Tribe Core Quest. Hip-hop really taught me to give it all I got left. 
Wu-Tang taught us how to beat the projects And tell my story over beats and it could be a project Look, how it all begun, uh, bomb, skibbity bomb, yeah Grew up on that Nas, on that L, on that pun Old soul when I was young, crisscross, make them jump Battle rapping for respect, my nigga, this ain't what you want Can I kick it when I'm rhyming? Be a legend through Ebonics Was a sticker boy, felt like sticky fingers played at Onyx Can I live track 8? Felt like Jigga 96 Without a reasonable doubt, the album turned